Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, coming to you from South Carolina. As you're hearing this, I'm actually recording it in North Carolina, but you, I think you know that. I have a really cool guest today, Amira Alvarez. She's the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman. She's had an amazing career already. She's is, uh, The Unstoppable Woman is a global coaching company that helps entrepreneurs, empire builders, athletes, creatives, and rising stars in all fields achieve their dreams and goals in record time. So no moss growing under, there's no 10 or 15 year plan. We're going to do this quickly, which is why I really relate to her. As someone who's made a quantum leap, which, and by the way, that means going from barely making six figures to making over 700,000 in one year, and then sailing past seven figures and having lived to tell about it, because that's no easy feat. She knows exactly what tactical strategies, mindset shifts, which is huge, are required to get out of your own way and live life on your terms. Another reason I, I saw that, I said, hmm, somebody else lives life on their terms. So I had her on the program. So I'm really excited. Amira, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastically. Super excited to be here with you and your audience. Thank you well, so well, much. Thank you. And thank you for the flexibility. When Amira was first booked, I know folks follow me on social media, we suddenly were found ourselves for almost three and a half weeks in a parking lot on the boat, climbing up and down a ladder, and I had no Wi-Fi, so we're rescheduled. And I've, as, as fate would have it, we have fantastic Wi-Fi, so I'm sure our sound quality is spectacular. I love it. Okay, so I like to find out, and I sort of tease you a little bit about this, a lot of my guests who are doing great things in different niches um, end up starting somewhere completely different. You know, I've talked to a guy who, as I said, became a CPA and, and then he wanted to be an artist. I've talked to people who had no idea what they were, they were just did the corporate life for 20 years, then walked away and started, you know, whatever. What is your journey? And I'm really interested a lot of times if, if you've had parents or grandparents who were entrepreneurs, like, did you have mentors? Let's, Absolutely. let's hear the, let's hear the back. The background. The background, the backstory. So there's so many different angles to take on this, Jim. I, I, I'm going to approach it from a variety of different okay. places. First thing I want to say is, you know, I was raised in an academic family. My father was a professor, but my mother was an entrepreneur. And but both of them came from very academic backgrounds. So even though she ran her own business, she was not particularly um, pro-risk. She was very methodical. Mm -hmm. And I was brought up to be smart. That was the answer to all your problems. Study hard, work hard. Those were the tool, two tools in my toolkit. And quite frankly, although my family enjoyed having money, they weren't necessarily um, business builders. And there was a lot of uh, poo-pooing of going after building wealth or growing a business. Um, it wasn't so much that they were against being self-made, but it wasn't the thing to do. It was, it, it was more study 
and get a, get a, uh, a good job kind of thing. Can, and, I, can I jump yeah. in real quick? Cause I'm really curious about this because I know when people are academics or they go and, and maybe they get an MBA in business and then they become an entrepreneur. They're like, they're so risk averse. Well, I've got to figure out, I've got to run, you know, 9 million spreadsheets and figure things out to the nth degree. And next thing you know, if you want to do broadcast fax marketing, will the government close that down like 10 years ago? You know, different opportunity. You really have to move kind of quickly in the entrepreneurial world. Do you agree with that? 100%. 100%. And, And the thing that I do think my parents did teach me was problem solving and mm-hmm. quick thinking. So my my father is definitely a dreamer. And I think that influenced my ability to see possibilities as an entrepreneur. And my mother is definitely a problem solver. She'll look at something and she'll analyze it and solve that problem, which is critical for being in business. If you're in business for yourself, hey, guess what? There's going to be a lot of challenges. There's this myth, like if you get get to a certain level, like the challenges don't stop. Guess what? They they continue and they're actually bigger. bigger. (laughs) Exactly. You just have to learn to surf. You have to learn how to how to problem solve and actually see. This is one of the things I teach my clients. Instead of seeing it as a problem, see it as a challenge that's calling you to your next level of growth, your next opportunity, the next plateau or level for you, because you never want to be fully plateauing, but that that next stage. If you can look at that challenge that's right in front of you, that's got you freaking out right now and instead see it as, oh, this is, this is the exact thing that I need right now to call me to the next level. Who do I need to become to be able to make the, the decision here instead of being, you know, trapped in indecision or in, in frustration or resentment or whatever, um, you know, you know what's interesting place you're about, at. about parents and, and even some mentors who may be, um, you know, middle-aged or even older than that is um, I think they tend to be, uh, they tend to get more conservative and I don't mean in politically speaking, but I think in decisions that they make, um, you know, I think entrepreneurs at their heart are, in fact, I think I wrote about this in one of my books, I thought to have to be childlike, you know, when you're a child or a kid and you're standing on the roof of your garage and you think you can fly with the bed sheet hanging off your neck or just doing crazy things, it's like you have no fear. And if you look at some entrepreneurs, I mean, like Fred Smith, who started Federal Express, he, he really had no fear. I mean, who, who in the heck would go out and buy multiple jets to deliver a letter when there's a, you know, there's fax and there's a 32 cent stamp. And it was like, I don't know, it's like $25 when it started. Yeah. But pe- people have. And then as you get older, and I think that I'd be curious about this. The, as you get older and more advanced and even as a business owner, and then you have staff and teams and real estate and everything else, you start making maybe more cautious decisions. What do you think about that? I think there are different personality types and they grow differently. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I mean, I think it would be interesting to go back to, you know, FedEx and see if he was really fearless, Jim, because I have a feeling, my experience is that in the beginning, you don't not feel the fear. You just have to be courageous. You have to go forward anyway. It looks from the outside in, looking in like it's fearlessness. And then as you get comfortable with risk and your ability to 
course correct after you make a decision and your agility and your, your capacity to land on your feet, then you lose some of that fear. But if you're really growing your business, if you're really going for more, you're always going to be on that edge. There's always going to be like a, okay, this, this is pushing me. Um, you know, I just listened to something, uh, an interview by Grant Cardone, and he was talking about uh, stepping into a much bigger deal, like a multiple billion dollar deal. And it scared him. And he he recognized that, but he also recognized it as the exciting and what would draw him forward. And then he had to come up with the plan and he had to, he had to get comfortable with that level of tension there. So to answer your second question, I think it depends on the entrepreneur. I personally hope I'm always the type of entrepreneur that with a portion of my business, at least, I am still going forward taking risks because the biggest opportunities come with the biggest risks. And, and you need to understand what your, your particular risk tolerance is, what, what you can handle and, and make good decisions for yourself. But I think if you, if you stop that risk-taking altogether, that you start going into death, you start going into that dying thing, that, that contraction, stagnation. stagnation. Yeah. And, and that's just not a, a healthy, functional, beautiful, lit up place to be in. And, and I think it comes in part, not entirely, but I think in part because people don't understand even people who are really good at business, they don't understand the, the foundational structures that create security. They're still, they're still um, internally insecure. So now that they've gotten here, they're afraid of losing it. And that's not freedom. That's still being trapped. I don't care how much money you have. That's, that's being trapped. You got a great blog, by the way, at uh, uh, The Unstoppable Woman, www.theunstoppablewoman.com. And one of the, I think it's your most recent blog post was stop being a victim of your own high expectations. Mm. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different angles to this as well, but let's say you have high expectations and you, you want something more for yourself, but then you use that to, to stop basically. Let me explain this. I believe that you need a massive goal. You've heard this spoken of before. Some people call them big audacious goals. I call them juicy goals. These are the goals that are worth failing for. They get you out of bed. They scare the pants off of you. You have to have that thing that you're like, I don't know why I'm going for this and I don't know if I can do it, but I'm doing it. And here I go. And, and that's great. You must have that big stretch goal. But if if you don't take that into the, the microcosm, if you don't take that into your two-week sprint or your 30, 60, 90-day goal and, and break it down for yourself so that then you, you have a goal that's achievable, meaning it's a stretch for you, but you, you can bang it out. Like maybe it's an income goal or maybe it's an impact goal or it's, it's, it's some strategic goal in your, your company and it's going to cause you to go for more. But if, if you set those interim goals too high, and you consistently fail, you never make the big goal. So you have to, you have to bring it down to a level where it's still causing you to go for more, but you're executing and you're, you are actually meeting your goals. Does yeah. 
That makes sense. I mean, it's almost like the how to eat an elephant one bite at a time. If you have huge goals, which I do believe in, but they freeze you into not taking even the first step, then what good is the big goal, right? Correct. Correct. So just to let you know, I did really pour over your blog. One more. I want to check out one more thing. It says cash flow, the front door to an uncompromised life. And what I tell people is who become business owners and some people will, will just, you know, for, in my case, I had an old laptop at my dining room table and some people will go rent an office and set up this and have fancy business cards and, and they, I'm a business owner. Well, if you haven't got revenue or cash flow, you haven't got anything. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that blog post. Yeah. Well, I don't actually remember what I wrote in that one specifically, <laughs> but I, I, I will tell you what my stance is. Okay. My stance is you cannot have a truly rich life, like fulfilled, large, big, delightful, joyous life. If you don't have the means, i.e. the money to do what you want to do. If you're an entrepreneur and you love growing businesses and you don't have the, the money to hire the team, buy the systems and application, go to that event and have the big trade show booth, whatever it is that you're doing, right? If you don't have the actual means, the money to do that, because in our society, money is the resource that we use to exchange value, okay? That's, that's what it's there for. It's not there to buy happiness, never was, never will be, right? But it's there to allow you to do things in life and you need money to buy those shoes, money to send that person to the training, whatever it is. And if you don't have that money, and if you don't know how to create that money consistently, then you will always be stymied. You'd always feel trapped. Again, this is the trap versus freedom perspective. And there's a, a really simple, not easy way out of this. Would you like me to share that sure. with you? Yes, okay. love it. Okay. So in a nutshell, there's much more to this, Jim, but the, like the, the cheat sheet version of it is that you, when you were young, when you were a child under the age of 10 to 12, you were a wide open fishbowl. You were completely accepting everything that was happening in your environment. You could not reject or, or say, I don't believe this. And yet when you asked say your mother for something, your mother or your father for something. And they said no. And they gave you the stink eye and they felt weird. You felt some weird energy from it. Let's say you asked them to buy you an ice cream cone and they gave you the stink eye. And they may have done it because they didn't have any money in their pocket and they felt guilty and bad about not being able to buy their kid uh, an ice cream cone. But you felt, all you felt was the stopping of the love flowing between you and your parents. And as a child, you know that your safety, your security, your survivability comes through that flow of love from your parents. Okay, they, they protect you, they provide the food, they provide the shelter. And if the love's not flowing, you're not secure. So they're like a mother God or a father God. And if they give you some weird stink guy, you can't make mother God, father God wrong because they're where your security comes from. So you make yourself wrong and you build a self image that says, I'm not, and I'm going with an example. It's different for everyone. I'm not worthy of having what I want. I'm not good enough for having what I, what I want. 
I'm not allowed to have what I want. Some version of that. There's many different aspects to this. So now you're an adult, you're an entrepreneur, you're going for it. You have a big goal. We just talked about that, a big stretch goal. And you're jamming. Let's say one month you have great sales and you're, you're definitely on a direct trajectory to meeting that goal. Well, what happens? Your self-image says you're not worthy of that. It's not acceptable for you. That's not for you. Some version of that. And it will distract you from what needs to happen, your needle moving actions, and cause you to go off course. It's like a thermostat. So your thermostat set at 70, you start going up towards your goal, which is at 80. And at 73, the AC starts kicking in and you start coming right back down to that self-image or that 70 degrees. And then the same thing happens on the backside. You start dropping down. Maybe you get to 67, 66, 65. You stop making sales, right? And that becomes too uncomfortable. That's not who you are either. So your self-image kicks in again and you start going right back up to your set point. And this is what creates the feast and famine cycle in businesses. This is why you make incremental but not massive quantum leaps because your identity is keeping you at the same level. So simple, you must change your identity. Easy, not so much. Wow. Like, so we're, we're down to about five minutes. And I, 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 love, I love these type of interviews when you look at the clock and go, oh, holy crap, because <laughs> it's going really well. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you one more, uh, hopefully one more question, and you have time for this, but you talked, um, well, I kind of read about in your bio, you shared how you went from barely making six figures to making 700000 in revenue in your first year and then on to seven figures. How do you achieve like these big uh, income breakthroughs? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I didn't do it by myself. I know you're a business coach. So am I. I had a mentor. Okay. I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I didn't know how to do it myself. I was smart. I had amazing work ethic. Um, but I, I, those were, like I said earlier, those were my two tools. I didn't understand how else to do things. And really what I, I did was twofold. I changed my identity or my self-image. Okay. And, and I really started seeing myself differently. And that allowed me to see opportunities differently. That allowed me to take different actions that allowed me, you know, there's three ways to make more money, Jim, raise your prices, sell more widgets, add a new channel of income. I don't care who you are, whether you're Beyonce or Oprah or Richard Branson, those are the three ways. Okay. And everything fits in that, those three ways. It's, it, business is not complicated. We live in a very easy, very abundant universe, but we make it complicated because we can't see how it's possible for us. Our identity doesn't sync up with it. When I changed my identity, I was able to raise my prices. I was able to add new channels of income and I, I ended up selling more. So I did a combination of all three and I, I really, you know, and a lot of action. Okay. I'm not going to kid you. I, I worked hard right. and I still work hard. Like, and I have zero qualms about working hard. The, the difference now, Jim, is I work hard and I'm delighted. There's no longer a monkey on my back. I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not coming from that place of fear. I'm coming from that place of, of delight. Like it's all a freaking lit up. It's not a game meaning like uh, I take it lightly, but it's, it's a game like it's fun. Yeah. It's and a, it's, it's addictive, right? The success is addictive. 
Yeah, absolutely. The second thing, can I throw in the second thing so that absolutely. that's a complete third? Okay. The second thing was that I learned, and this might be a little woo-woo for your audience, so forgive me if it, it throws people off, but I learned the universal laws of success. And I have to tell you, this changed my world. I did not understand these when I started, but when I first heard them, I was like, this is the truth. This resonates with me. And it allowed me to use my intellect make decisions based on these laws, use my intellect to understand them and, and take different action. And I can give you, I don't know how much time we have left, but I can give you a couple examples of that if that would help. About two minutes if you can do it. Okay. So one of the laws is the law of polarity. It says there's, there's everything is created as a whole. There is no such things as halves in the universe. Okay. Like there's not half an elephant. If there's a left, there's a right. If there's a front, there's a back. You can't just have a back. There has to be a front. Okay. Everything is created as a whole. Well, as entrepreneurs, we have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of brilliant ideas and you might have an idea that is a income goal, for instance. And my, my first idea using this law, being aware of this law was I really wanted to make a million dollars, Jim. That year that I went from 138 to 700K, my goal was actually a million dollars. I didn't make it, okay? Right. But if I hadn't sent the million dollar goal, I would have gotten to what, 200, okay? It, it definitely got me going so much faster than if I hadn't. So now where does the law of polarity come in? The law of polarity says everything is created as a whole. So one side of this idea is my desire. I want to make a million dollars. Well, the law of polarity says, if the desire is felt, the supply is ready to appear because the, the flip side is that it's there for you. I was not saying I want to be an astronaut. I was not saying I want to be Supreme Court justice. Someone else might be saying that. I was not saying that. Those are not available to me. But the law of polarity says, if I want it, if it's a true desire, it's here and it's here now. I just have to do the work to call it in. I have to have the right causes do the right things to call it in. But that helped me build my belief. It helped me change what I held in my mind because up until that point, I was saying, that's not possible for me. That's gonna take 10 years. That's not gonna happen right now. That's what I was holding in my head. But once I understood intellectually that this was here and it was here now for me, then I was like, okay, I am doing this. And it gave me the belief and the faith to see the opportunities and take the action. And I did just that. Super power. Wow. That, that last five minutes, folks, rewind it. Not the tape because it's but <laughs> rewind the tape, whatever you're going to rewind it and listen to that again. That was hugely valuable right there. Um, so I know you got a great blog. You got a, a good podcast. Can you um, tell everybody where to connect with you, please? Absolutely. So our website is theunstoppablewoman.com. Open to men as well. We're an equal opportunity community. Uh, our podcast is theunstoppablewoman.com slash listen. You can find us on all the channels, but that is our webpage that has it all there. We really encourage you to listen. I do a lot of teaching on the podcast. And then the third place that people can really get resources, obviously I'm on social media as well, but the like really great content resources is our free stuff page. And that's theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And I would highly recommend people check out the morning mindset club that we have. It's free. It's a, 
an audible teaching lesson that's very short every morning with some um, great resources to lock in the learning and take it to the next level. And that's all about creating exponential wealth um, by changing how you you see the world and think about the world. So mindset is is huge. It's nothing without action, but you do need the right man, mindset. Oh my gosh, that's so important. Uh, TheUnstoppableWoman.com, Amira Alvarez, thank you so much for being my guest on Dream Business Radio this week. My pleasure, Jim. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. You bet. What a lot of fun. I'm going to have to have you back. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Amira Alvarez. And check out her stuff at theunstoppablewoman.com forward slash listen for the podcast or resources. And, um, well, you know where to connect with me. If you're only listening to me on the podcast, you can find more about me all over social media or at getjimpalmer.com. If you're interested in my coaching program, that is dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it. Got to scoot out of here. The clock dictates everything. (laughs) Until this time next week and there, another very good interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free dream business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.